0: I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings
1: Dude, that's pretty oh, cool I man, that is sad That is a just, that that was sad,
2: was sad.
0: Wow. <laughs> a Dude, that's pretty good This is the Bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. He's a man that um, I've just come to know and, and really love and enjoy to see as a passion for, for leadership, a passion for helping other men to get better, um, and, and has served as the FightQ. All served in the military, uh, supporting our, our country, um, and has really, uh, I think, just um, embraced this this idea of uh, F3 as a vehicle to help um, men get better to impact the community. So uh, LPC, man, I'm thrilled to hear hear your story, get your story out there. I feel like we've, we've connected a lot, but um, just would love to hear kind of where it started, who, who aged uh, well, you, what was the first workout like, was it hard, you know, compared to boot camps or other things you've done, and then um, where did the name LPT come from, if you don't mind? LPC?
3: Yeah. Oh, thanks, Plague. Uh, good to be here. Um, uh, to start, there has always been a resounding message um, ever since, I would say, even high school to college that um, men need other men. And I don't think you can fully reach your other potential with your or fully go down the path of, of maximize your potential without the escort of other men that are going through that same walk. And so, um, that's where this brotherhood idea came from. I didn't have a, t- I had friends and some in high school, but that they were not sticky, right? right? They went to the sifter as soon as I left. I'm not in touch with many of those people. they are different lives and I hope them the best. And largely a lot of the same things in college. Um, my priorities were just a little different. Um, I thought differently and found um, that it really um, was something of power to think a little bit differently. And it was hard to be accepted in in, in some of those circles um, to the fullest because I just didn't entertain some of those uh, kind of maybe short-sighted beliefs. And uh, once I found out, once uh, I went in the Marine Corps and then uh, sequentially the, uh, F3, I was embraced by a bunch of people that wanted way more for others and for themselves. Mm. And I think that you can't really be ready for your own success until you start to celebrate other success. Oh, And I think um, that has really shown light in F3 and, and the military of being super intentional about relationships. Um, uh, because it's all about something bigger than yourself. Um, and there's legacy in it throughout those elements that can kind of, you cannot build on, but, um, and I think that's one the, of the most powerful things that in the civilian world, that F3 provides is a venue for people to check the ego at the door.
2: Mm.
3: Just know we don't give it any oxygen. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, so it was an honor to be, uh, a uh, site queue and kind of take that leadership role there uh, and uh, my site was a little um, unique because we had QSource which I love. I'm a huge yeah. believer in men collaborating about issues and challenges and successes and um, around some sort of you know construct and that's what the QSource provides a framework to uh, engage in conversation, challenge the status quo of where you're currently at, uh, what you should start doing, stop doing, keep doing. Uh, shout out to uh, Sparty for bringing us the three phrases to my mind today. Uh, but uh, it's impactful. It's very, very impactful. So yeah, I know it's kind of hit on a different, near the top of the service, kind of an intro. Yeah.
0: It's, you know, it's great. And, and I do um, want to circle back to kind of who, who H did that sort of stuff. But first, I guess I'm, I'm curious, um, the the like identifying that men need other men where do you think that started for you like when did you know that or is that just did that was that through the military growing up or what how did you come to kind of realize that truth
3: gosh um quick question trying to identify a time or season in my life where i recognize that you know i think Honestly, I came at a very young age in a, in a, in a nebulous situation. I think it was a – so I'm the youngest of three kids, um, and my brother and sister are 13 and 14 years older than I am. Oh, okay. So I was very acutely aware of older siblings, older demographic of people at all times in my life. So I really had two sets of parents. I had my mom and my dad, and then I had like a subset. No. I had the little bit looser rope, my, my, my sister and my brother.
2: Hmm.
3: And they were I was giving me uh, insight at any and every time, um, and depending on what I needed. And what I, the one thing I noticed um, was I always wanted to be led by people I looked up to. And that was largely my brother, sister, mom, dad, and specifically, my dad and my brother.
2: Mm.
3: So I w- I've always longed for and, and uh, been exceptionally open to them providing advice, recognizing good, bad, and ugly, in myself and talking to me about it. Because mm. uh, from their point of view, they don't love me any less for my imperfections. Right. They only love me in, in spite of those. so that in itself is super important so when you find men that you share that kind of stuff with that or that can recognize that in you your talents or uh, maybe your blind spots I think you know you it only helps you succeed because you know that you're in an environment that you know I am I am who I am and, and God has made me perfect in his eyes so with his eyes of perfection, I have a purpose no matter what. And for other people to recognize that sometimes when you can't, um, a man can only recognize those in another man, a woman cannot.
0: Yeah.
3: A woman cannot tell me and teach me how to be the best version of a man because she is not a man. Right. So you only get that in other shared leadership with other men. Hmm. And that's, that's the act of being led and taking leadership. It's both. Right. It's not just always being like You will have to step up and fall at times in order to grow. Cause so that's a discomfort that's needed um, uh, through life in order to not stay stagnant.
0: Yeah, man. I, I love that. And I think something that, you know, I'm, I'm realizing and, and just, um, just the, the impact or benefit of healthy conflict. Right. It's like, and we have that at F3 so many times. It's like, we maybe disagree. And then, but then like we still leave and we, and we pray and we love, and we love each other. Right. It's like, you yeah disagree get feedback um mm-hmm. there's no like hard feelings right it's just like hey there's something i noticed you know or you know so those having a space where that is failure conflict some of those things that help us grow are just the the norm because like most workplaces like i can tell you um conflict is not the norm right it's this like avoidance thing and then when it does come up it's really really painful because we've been people bottle it up so like, anyway i just i love i love <laughs> I would
3: challenge another thing about conflict and, and rephrasing this and just yeah. conflict usually arises when someone is taking offense or feeling judged.
2: Yeah. Right? So, so conflict also. is the result
3: of whatever action and how somebody receives something. Hmm. My opinion and my perception is it's not conflict unless we make a conflict. Conflict yeah. is something we create. Yeah. However, what it can be is it can and oftentimes when we use candor that creates conflict, mm. but in the essence itself of whatever that candor is, if you take it for an absolute neutral comment and do with it what you will, you are the one that has the freedom to decide how you receive that. Yeah. So conflict. You're right. We, especially in the civilian world, and especially in our world right now, we have a tendency. To always have to err on the side of using mittens and kid gloves. Well, unfortunately, when you're using mittens and kid gloves, it's hard to hold on to things and it's hard to, it's hard to wrap your wrap your hands around anything. Yeah. But, and it's hard to get your hands dirty and feel that the grit, the dirt of what makes things vulnerable as well as what makes things better. Uh, and so um, you know it allows us, if we can actually take it for what it is and then move on, mm-hmm. Comfort is not a. It's, it's, it comes comes an excuse, it comes a state of victimhood. And yeah. a conflict. And I don't agree with how they're approaching me. Well, let's just let's just check it right there. The nice thing about being comfortable in our own skin or wherever we're at, you choose to take offense to that, or you choose to engage in that conflict.
2: Mm-hmm. You know.
3: So uh, you know, and that's very hard. We can't control how somebody receives it, but we can have control how we deliver a message.
0: You know what what I was what you made me think of was um, you know, so many times you know, you, you want to give somebody feedback and you, and you maybe pause. And I think if you, you know, if your intent is to just love people and be honest with them and, you know, but I think for me, sometimes the, the, it, it turns to like, I want the motive behind why I want to give that feedback. Uh, and you know, and then if, if it's, then I start protecting my own ego, right. My ego goes into self-image protection. And, um, so I, I love it. And I, you know, something that I just, um, I love about you is just your passion for learning. I know you're you're a reader, you, you're you a podcast guy, you're like always trying to get insight from other people, um, you know, you, you ask great questions, and I you don't know, where, where do you feel like that, cause to me that's a, that's a skill or, you know, like somewhere that desire was created to, to learn, and I don't know, any any insight on where that comes from, or how, how a guy can start to grow? Yeah. It? well, I think part of it comes from I've
3: always wanted to be able to engage with people. Hmm. I always want to add some sort of value to a wherever I'm at. And I think the best way to do that is um, to create, to create opinions yeah. and in order to create opinions, you have to learn things. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big believer in you fight passionately for what you believe in, but you stay open-minded. Yeah. Right? And th- that can get muddy if you don't know, understand that that's possible. Like I can fight, I can, I can, I can defend my position and tell you can't. And right. that's what the mind is the same. So that's one part of it. The other part of it would have to be, there was an element, uh, when I was younger, going back to as a child, um, with me being around older people all the time. I mean, my parent, my mom was almost 40 when she had me. And so I was around older groups of people all the time. So mm-hmm. in order to have any sort of voice whatsoever, I had to have a conversation like an adult. Yeah. So it made me grow up really fast in social dynamics
2: hmm.
3: and read rooms and read people and to how to use humor to diffuse situations and how to uh, read body language and um, understand about people's where they're at, whether it be profession or family, and remember those things to kind of bring them back in the next time I see them to make them feel welcome. No. Uh, and so and it kind of so it stems from both those I was I was pursuing intellectual uh uh, heightened you know just being more of an intellectual uh, and social situations uh and then in turn it proved to be very uh, great skill over life of just being able to connect with people which that has been immensely more gratifying than pursuing to engage in the conversation but just being able to add value to somebody
0: Mm. i love that how do you deal with the And maybe this is me, so you can you can just, you know, <laughs> but to me, it's like, I, I love to read and learn and, and sort of, you know, in the endless pursuit of, of knowledge. And if I'm not careful, I will start to, that starts to create an ego. Like I know something, right? And so I've really had to train myself to like every interaction, every person, um i can maybe add value to them but they can also add value to me and so trying to just get in the habit of, of listening but i don't know have you maybe you haven't struggled with that but as, as you're pursuing knowledge gaining knowledge then how do you is it just a timing thing or i don't know maybe that maybe that's a me issue
2: well
3: no i think you and i share a similar trait in that. um sometimes we seek to want to be right or to have people recognize that we do, do know a lot yeah yeah <laughs> It's not a great, it, it might keep us hungry, but it doesn't satisfy us. Does that make
2: right. sense? Yeah, totally. Um,
3: so the one thing that um, I think would probably resonate, one is humility, right? God has a tendency to humble us in sometimes the most unforeseen moments or sometimes the most public moments. and that is to for the simple effect of in my mind to recognize that you know everybody has value
2: Mm
3: -hmm. um you can learn something from everybody um but i also don't think um that automatically means you take a passive position
2: right
3: because you still have to stand up for your self-worth and you make that decision uh so I think, I think it comes from a, a humility and, and I think it comes back to some of the men you surround yourself with to keep you humble. Yeah. And I remember a time I was in college and I was running a fraternity. I really wanted to be part of this fraternity. I liked all the guys and then I really wanted to be part of it. And during rush week, you're with these 12, 13 guys nonstop. And um, I was one of the guys that always wanted to do this. Other guys kind of came in later in the process and they all said yes to, and they got their bids and we were all there. And... We came to this point of, you know, picking a pledge uh, class leader, uh, and I kind of like didn't make an assumption in the sense that it would be me, but I definitely was like, I want to do this, right? And like thought I should be the one to do it. However, I was one of the outsiders of the group. The big group that came in were all friends, close friends, lived on the same floor in the in the, in the dorm, and they were tight. I was to lunch, that I was in any of their classes. I knew them because I played sports with them, but. Um, That they were not, I was not in the inner circle of that group. And one night we were running around doing shenanigans and stuff, and I had these tasks. And we came back to one of the dorm rooms, and uh, one of the guys just said out loud in front of everybody, Compton, I've had enough of your shit, just learn to follow. And I was like, I I mean, I shut up immediately. I was not, I I was uh, embarrassed, you know, and I I, I wasn't offended, I was just embarrassed. Because I didn't want to take away from everybody else's experience, because I really wanted this too. And but it did teach me early on that in order to ever lead, like you have to follow. There's nothing. There's no way that comes where leadership comes first. Only within yourself. So obviously, I was having a hard time just leading myself through the process. Um, But there's a graduation or a maturity that happens when you can recognize that hey, I need to take a step back in order for this to move forward. And doesn't mean step out or step away always, but it definitely means to take a step back and more of an observation, actively observing, actively participating, but not necessarily leading in a capacity of, of, of title. And that was a big deal. And that helped me tremendously as soon as I went to the Marine Corps. Massive, massively.
1: Um, well, and I know you've had experience building a team out yourself, LPC. And, and I mean, are you seeing the same things on your end?
3: Uh, So I have not done a very good job. Uh, I've had a team build out two different times, uh, and both times um, they have we they ended up up, uh, uh, pulling chocks and and, uh, going our separate ways. The first time was uh, wasn't the right people, I would say, uh, or right fit. I had the I was my focus was probably not I was not. was not proper i wasn't i wasn't at a place where i knew how to lead in that capacity or in that environment fast forward a couple of years i had more personal individual success you know and then i was like you know what i thought there were some signs and like some my deep thinking led me to wanting to do that again and so i had some people that approached me hey we've really us some real estate we want to talk to you uh like a really a fit young energetic guys hungry and about a year later they went their different ways one of them went and joined a different team in real estate. Uh, and then the other one actually went to work for my best friend in Louisiana. And I was really upset or I was heartbroken or frustrated and embarrassed the first time it happened. And then the second time, it was a relief that they went along their 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 way. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, I was at peace with what I with my effort to help them. And then two i realized that people and and, and uh, tasks or jobs or challenges are seasons i mean they all run a course and one i felt true i truly believe that i left them in a better position coming into the next state of their life than they came into it so that was one thing but the other thing is neither of those guys would have recognized another opportunity for their growth without the connection through me and that might sound a little um, a you know, narcissist, but the reality is like, we all get connections along the way and nothing's done alone. And my, the one guy I, I have really good wishes with both of them. I asked him how things are going. We have very, it's very candid. And so it's not maybe that it, uh, it worked out, I guess in my mind, how it should, how it should have. And will I go down that road again? I will definitely, uh, work to build a team again. because I think that, um, um, there's a lot of synergy that happens with that. I just don't know in what capacity that is or what, and what kind of business or line of work that is, as I kind of continue to grow, uh, with, uh, professionally. Um, and, uh, but I learned a ton, uh, I have, and I learned a lot about how I am most effective to reaching others. And, and i still growing, but it shined a lot of light on how,
2: what, what energizes me versus what can take energy away. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious on
1: the different reactions you had to, um, you know, what you classified as as a failure and then, um, but can be seen as successes in their own right. Um, so what was it about the first experience that you had kind of this more visceral, emotional reaction? Um, Um, and then can over to this next one where you're, you're kind of at peace
2: with it.
3: Yeah. Um, so the first one was, uh, I was giving a gung-ho and I had some support from some outside resources. And I just, though, I, at the end of the day, those people that I brought on, my vetting process was minimal. It was about head counts versus quality. And that showed over time. And so it was a matter of, I, you know, I didn't do my due diligence like I told myself I would. I, uh, I, was, I worked through, negotiating with myself. Like, oh yeah, just bring them on. We'll, we'll coach them up over time. Um, and that didn't work out and we weren't, we weren't in alignment. We just weren't in alignment in, uh, my expectations were, were clear initially, but we're not, uh, I didn't trust and but verify I didn't inspect what I expected and, um, things wasn't the The nice thing. I mean, the unfortunate thing with that was that first time I went, um, trying to build that, I went three months without a, without a paycheck and, um, you know, uh, that was, that was hard. That was like a gut check moment. he you looked at yourself in the eye and say, Hey, I went 90 days and a hundred percent commission-based employment, no paycheck. And that's when your wife is like, Hey, when's your, when's your next closing? And I'm like, I don't know. So that was a gut check moment for me. Actually, uh, Pick my button gear. It ended up being uh, my most successful year production-wise to date in nine months. I, I revamped it and turned it around for myself. Um, but learned a lot, had a, had, a, had a lot of honest conversations with myself, but fast forward to the next one. Um, it was way more organized, uh, way more deliberate, way more accessible. And I, um, I, I did it the best way I knew how at that point. And the other thing I realized was that if in order to do this correctly, I wouldn't be able to do it alone. And I did it alone. I am not the best fit for all roles of a team. I am very vision-based, very big picture, and that doesn't serve one-on-one development very, very well. Um, I can do that for short stints of time, But I am very much about laying the groundwork for the big picture and say, hey, there is a hill. We need to take that. I don't care how we get there, but we got to take the hill. So we got whatever the mission is, whatever that looks like. I mean, I use military speak, but it's just very clean to me. And um, that doesn't resonate a lot of people. And so those probably aren't great fits for me and are us really. And that's okay. doesn't mean we can't work together, but maybe they're on the same team.
0: Man, I, I, a couple things i just i love your self awareness courage vulnerability to to identify reflect and and learn from you know a, a situation that you would consider failure I, I think that is that community of itself is a skill that is lacking probably in, in a lot of um uh, leaders or just people in general so thank you for for doing that. The other thing I heard you say in there that um I'm curious how you learned this because I'm, I, you know, I'm good at this, but recognizing, you know, that that because I'm good at this, it may not be the best skill to do, you know, the the one-on-one coaching. I think um, there's maybe a small part of all of us that that wishes we could like do some coaching and help somebody else transform. But I think recognizing like that's not what I'm best at. I can do it, but um, I don't know how how did you. Like talk to me through that process, just the self-awareness and identifying the, the skills that are, are
2: wrapped up in that. Yeah.
0: Um, or just experience over time, I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm
3: trying to articulate thoughts as I wrap it, you know, run through my head like storm systems here, uh, weather systems. Um, I, think, I I think hyper self-awareness is exceptionally important. And I'm still developing that tool, but the f- the more aware I am of myself, the slower things around me go. So my reaction time is better. Uh, I uh, I have more tact. I uh, I deliver my message cleaner. But in or but I have to know my myself before things around me slow down. Um, and um, so that's. You know, a lot of that is just like deep thinking. Just like one quieting noise around me allows me to get in my own head. If I continue to, have, I'm not a huge fan uh, of having music at workouts, especially when they're in groups because there's enough mumble chatter to keep me out keep my mind occupied in general. Um, and I think there's some serious healing in the darkness and in the quiet of finding out who you are. So that's one thing. And then the other thing would be, um, in order to be for me to be successful i've had to not keep my foot on the throttle and i'm going to use a couple of analogies throttle neck or um, or uh, you know of, of somebody else or something in order to allow things to move i mean you're by doing that you're choking off something else and if i did if i didn't step back I think that would have very much limited my growth and my ability to connect with people or or anybody's ability to connect with people. I can only speak my own experience, but you know uh, instead of, you know, and and I, I, one of my gestures itself is, is, is judgment. And I've got to, I have to really hone that in and understand that is a, that is an ego problem. And that is something that can be trolled only through self-awareness. So uh, I learned it over time and, and honestly, being humbled a bunch I mean I'm not scared to fail and put myself out there I, that's kind of what I've been really really good at for my entire life uh in college my or in the Marine Corps my nickname was icebreaker because I would go up and talk to girls and then all my buddies would swoop in after I broke the ice and then I'd be left just crying my beard right um so uh you know um I only closed one time and that was with my wife so uh that's all I needed but I think you know I think you just have to continue to put yourself out there to learn that about yourself to see what those are because you don't know those strengths are until you've been put in an uncomfortable situation and those strengths are going to rise.
2: They will come
1: to the surface upon stress. That's it. I just want to kind of highlight something you said. I'm kind of trying to digest that laser beam show that's, that's going in your brain. So
0: true. Uh,
1: but you know, you, you mentioned this comment about, I mean, we have these theories of momentum, right? where you want to constantly keep moving because this momentum kind of compounds on top of each other and that's how you accomplish goals but i really like what you said about hey if you continue to do that at least personally if i continue to do that then i lose sight of some things that may be important to me along the way right if you keep moving you're going to pass some stuff by um and so really i I just really appreciate that comment i was trying to think of a way to articulate that and i i just i think you said it so well and i um yeah so I mean being more intentional and uh with taking some time to to self-reflect and see what's important with you um you know you kind of talked about these these opportunities where you're never shying away from an opportunity you're willing to try stuff you feel this is probably a good time for us to segue into well tell us about the opportunity to join f3 and was that one of your things where you're like well screw it I'll just try it and or or how that come about.
3: you know um It was a little bit of both. I um, was doing CrossFit for five or six years. I even got my uh, coaching certificate, so I was coaching. I totally enjoyed it. And then there's some uh, changes happened within the gym I was at. And I switched to another gym that I wasn't really taking. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit. And prior to that, a few months, actually Sasquatch had mentioned, you should check this out. And he'd been going for about a year. Um, and he was a side at the Maze here in Omaha. And uh, I didn't think any of it. We weren't, Sasquatch and I weren't super close. We were... Uh, amicable and, and and more than acquaintances, um, but not yet quite friends and um, we have some overlap of business, so that's how we connected and I didn't think two things about it and then um, i had uh, I had heard about a site being close to my new house and and CrossFit was shut down, and I was like you know what I'm going try this. So I just showed up on my own um, after he had mentioned it, so I kind of looked up, Hey, where does this be at? And I showed up and there was a couple guys there that I knew. And, you know, as you show up, you're like, what the hell am I doing here? And, uh, what's this going to be like? But, you know, you still put out, uh, it as it's a good workout as in the sun, you know, um, uh, is, uh, late winter, early spring March, April timeframe. And, um, or no, it's June, excuse me it's June. So I wasn't doing anything for a few months. And, uh, I just remember, uh, it was good. And I just really appreciate the vulnerability. And I didn't quite grasp the magnitude. I don't think you are able to the first couple times you go. And I think that's true with trying things only once. And, and for anything, you can't just try it once to understand it. It takes a couple of times. It's like going to church or meeting somebody that you someone are drawn to whoever that is. And, or reading a book only one time, you know, uh, the, um, And I don't know if I would have been ready for it any other time. You know, the same man, a man doesn't step in the same river twice kind of an idea. It's always new and evolving. But um, I know once we got done, I had a really good sweat. And I knew that there was some things in that group that I knew I wanted to see again. And so uh, I honestly was hooked in the sense that I'm going to go back and do this. I know that in order for me to be my best self, my physical state is what aids my mental state. Um, and so I needed to come back and then a year later, I took over a site queue, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, I just think it's, I I loved the idea of entering in and stripping yourself of the perception of whoever that is, whatever you, it's unfortunate and I'm trying to work on it, but sometimes who you are in daylight is different than you, who, who you are in the bloom. And I don't believe that to be the best, best, uh, your best self those should be start to blend, you know, so, uh, and over time, I think you've
1: learned that in kind the of loop. You know, that's so interesting. That's such a good point. I think, you know, we could go a step further, you know, not only is it you, right. That's coming in somewhat vulnerable, but you also have these perception of other men. Right. And, you know, you, you mentioned knowing a couple of guys, I'm curious was like, did your perception of them change after seeing them at the workout? I mean, how do you go about meeting the guys when they're coming in at their most vulnerable Versus kind of seeing them out in the, the real world? Um,
2: you know, uh, we've, I mentioned kind of the neutral thoughts.
3: When I saw them, my initials my initial were like, well, how'd they learn about this? What are they doing out here? Right? And you're like, oh, one, why haven't you told me about it if, we're, if I know you decently? Why are you keeping this a secret, jerk? You know, But the other thing, that faded exceptionally fast. That was a very fleeting, but head, like, vivid memory. But initially, when that thing left, what flowed in was um, was grace and joy. Like, cool. Like, this is beyond. The, this is beyond the way I know this person. And I was, uh, I mean, you know, I was open to the fact of learning more about them, even though I thought I knew them well. So that was really cool. Um,
2: and I thought that was really impressive that they were there because it said a lot about them in my mind.
0: What, what do you think? So this morning I had the opportunity to work out with you and you, you showed up to a running workout and you rode your bike because of a recent foot injury. And I think we have a lot of guys that are on the DL list or injured that could do the same, but they don't. Um, and so somewhere along the way, you you got hooked, right? You like you decided this is the group where you're gonna go and and kind of connect with other guys. So what what do you think it was? Like what maybe it's a series of events or different interactions or what what caused you to get to this point where you're like you're willing to show up, ride a bike, pick up the fix, help guys avoid uh, you know uh, dirt clumps in the road to prevent injury. I mean you you just um, you're all in. I would say. So I don't know how would you get to that point.
2: Um I think uh, what I've recognized about F3 and brotherhood in general I was just contemplating this this morning Brotherhood
3: has a as a I think in my mind as a connotation of being exclusive
2: and I think it's the exact opposite as I've gotten older I think if you do find yourself in a brotherhood it is actually the most inclusive thing possible. In the sense
3: that you take people as they are and there's a role for everybody if you so choose to take it on. And I didn't want, I mean, even this uh, last time, uh, my M was like, so why are you going tomorrow? Like You could probably get a better workout on the rower and doing some kettlebell stuff in the basement. Is it just the camaraderie that you're looking for? And I was trying to like, stammer through that conversation. Oh, no, it's going to be fun. We're gonna, I, I, I ride my bike fairly hard. And I realized, no, it's a hundred percent the camaraderie. It is a thousand percent the camaraderie. It, it, and, and, and the act of exercise is what creates the vulnerability because you just endure some sort of stress together, which allows you to shift focus from yourself to others and knowing that you just have a shared experience. And there's very, very few shared struggles outside of of, um, exercise these days that you get to share that burden with somebody else. So when I recognize that, that this fosters and creates that environment, it's something that I think is a necessity for my well-being. Um, And I was, I I got out of my truck this morning and I thought for one second, I was like, I should try to fight through it and just walk and jog. And I was like, and I knew I couldn't. I, I, I practiced last night. I, this is not going to go well. This is not going to do well for my foot. And I can already tell. And I was, I, I was a slightly for, a, for a, a glint. I was going to be embarrassed as I jump on my, my 75-year-old father's bike. That's the only bike I, I have. And I said, I had to have a case of that effets. I like, you know, screw this. You know, these guys don't care. And one, if you do, and, and you
2: think that they do, you're in the wrong place. And you need to check your own ego. So...
1: Well, no, that's great. And I think that fellowship piece is, is what gets a lot of guys, right? I mean, we talk about, it. We, we've we interviewed, I don't know how many people we've interviewed, 70, 75, something like that, 75. Uh, and uh, I mean, overwhelmingly, uh, the guys are saying, hey, it's a fellowship, it's a fellowship. I'm curious, you know, you are a guy who I would describe as someone who probably doesn't know a stranger. Um, you know, I've seen you out, I've seen you work a room. Uh, and you just know everyone. You're, you, you know, you're you're pretty infectious. You want to have a, a conversation. People want to talk to you and get to know you. Where were you at in terms of fellowship, um, kind of before F three? You know, like is this fulfilling something that you were missing, or do you feel like you're pretty solid there?
2: Um,
3: I have always been able to create relationships, but I've always been the initiator of all those relationships. I've always been the one that gives, and um, and, uh, the one thing nice about, um, moving to Omaha, I guess I mean, back, I was the outsider and I thought moving back to Omaha, if I got a service, I'd be like, snap a finger, just gonna jump right in and so be like, not, nothing ever changed. But the reality was that's ego in itself. And I thought everybody was just waiting for me to come home and that's absolute BS. Right. And as at 25, I was like, uh, you know, 20, I got out in 20, I was, uh, 14. So I was like 26, 27 years old. And the reality was um, everybody doesn't care as much about you as you think you do. And you don't care, You shouldn't care as much as, uh, about others as you, as you think you should. And, and that was like, that, that was a judgment thing. And so it forced me to like get back and just, Hey, I got to create my own routine. I to create my, create my own table for people to sit at versus trying to join somebody else's. And um, that way you're, le- I had to learn how to, vet people properly versus just want to be liked. I had to go back to some of my, I had that mentality quite a bit when I was in high school. I didn't drink in high school, so I never followed this ass quo. And I took pride in that. And I kind of lost that for a little while because uh, you wanted to be accepted. And um, I just had bigger goals at that point in time. And I think I, I just lost some of those bigger goals because I wanted to be accepted. And that happened a little bit when I first got moved back because you just want to be accepted into a group. When reality is, especially since I was married, that's where your group starts. It's with your significant other. That's the most important, important relationship. So if I'm thinking that I need to build all these relationships externally, that probably means I need to tighten things up internally. And that helped. And, and that was when you know, my, uh, my and I were going through a tough time and we had to like batten down the hatches and do some really some serious work on, uh, for each other. And which helped in the long run now, which has been awesome. We just celebrated 10 years this year. Um, but, uh, I've always been a connector, man. I, I believe heavily in that. I believe, I love the idea of saying, hey, call me, I've got a guy. Uh, or hey, we need some place to conjure, I'll, I'll find it, we'll get it going, we're gonna come together on this. And um, I just think that's that's part of the appearance the, the of life is, is getting together and enjoying each other's company.
0: You know, I, I, um, man, I, I love that and I, the, this idea of like, if you, are focused on all these external relationships like draw that in and what that relationship with your with your M. That, that's all it I, I am curious if you've ever found yourself battling with um kind of like the desire to be everybody's friend but then the the, the kind of inability to do that right and then the because for me like when i'm trying to be everybody's friend then i almost get more lonely right because then i'm nobody's like mm-hmm. close friend i don't know how have you dealt with that or is that let me work yeah, through. yeah, for sure.
3: Um, you know, uh, so there is a book called um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and there's some really good takeaways with that. But largely, it's in my mind, I times. It's a it's one of the most well-known sales books ever written, or just uh, social dynamic books ever created. This is back in 1930s when Dale Carnegie wrote it. Now there's like whole schools of thought around this now. The one thing I think he failed to realize is that book in my mind has been was uh, what I took away from that was you're trying to be like everybody else at all times to be liked and accepted into a group. And that only takes you so far. Is it a good way to try to connect initially? Yes, absolutely. It is. But until you are willing to expose, and I mean that in a sense of like vulnerability, your own Thoughts, faults, fears, and rationale—you actually can't connect to that person. It's straight surface. And I think the idea of mimicking and mirroring other people's actions only gets you to the next conversation. And if you can't go past that, you probably shouldn't waste your time on that person. If you're looking for more of a meaningful relationship, and there should be some other reciprocation. There's a lot of attraction amongst everybody, and being self-aware of if you're seeing that or not. I don't. I don't need to waste my time on if it. it's not if the juju the the ju- ju ain't there, man. Um, and I and I looking back at Pony and I's relationship, like him and I both had a, a you know when we first met each other, we both were like, "Who is this guy?" And we both talked about this so when we were walking on a golf course one day for three and a half hours, and had a and, and which was beautiful was the fact that we gave each other enough grace to go to the next conversation, and that was really really. Cool. Uh-
1: um and, you know, and i love that let me let me just let me just add something here uh, yeah. because i really want to make sure we're focused on this i i think you're you said something a few minutes back about how you've always been a person who uh is the giver of the relationship right you you put a lot into meeting the person and reaching out and you did that in that example and um you know you reached out and said hey do you want to play in this this tournament like we, i think we've maybe talked to each other for five minutes total. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I am the type of person who, uh, unfortunately, is a receiver. I don't like to make the first move, or whatever. I mean, that sounds kind of sounds kind of strange and uh, sexual in nature, but it's it's not intended to be. Um, so, like, I think it's, it's important that uh, that like there are people like you who are, and I wish I was more like that, to where hey, I need to take the initiative to I recognize that there is value in this person and I want to get to know that person more. So what do I got to do to to do that? And it's it's as easy as, hey, you want to go play around the or Hey, you want to go grab lunch? And so I, I really just want to before you continue, uh, thank you for doing that and, and highlight that. So guys know that you can transition and do that and you can make some lifelong friends doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm working on it and I'm really appreciative of you for doing that. So wow, go ahead, man. Good.
3: Uh, to end it up to kind of wrap that thought up it's not about the end result of the relationship it's just about taking one more step further of gaining a relationship and it doesn't mean you know the next where that thing is going to go five six steps on the road with that with another fan, uh, guy from the gloom or the brotherhood but in order to even know that that something might exist beyond that there has to be another conversation there has to be another shared experience there has to be another shared beat down there has to be another element of volunteering your own time. You have to volunteer it because it's under your duress, not somebody else's, which that can only grow.
1: And I I love that because I think naturally I am the type of person who is a little judgmental of of people that first come in. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's,
1: I carry this persona of, Oh, I, I don't need to go out of my way to be extra friendly to give these guys and be welcoming one, because I think I'm cooler than I actually am. And two, maybe I'm like, I know what we have here and I don't really want to share it with everyone. Even though I say I do, mm-hmm. um, there is some, you know, some brotherhood of I'm being a little bit dogmatic here and I want to keep what I know is good for me and not share it with other guys. Um, you know, I remember you made a comment about, hey, how well do we know each other? What's this guy really about? I remember um, just being honest with both of you. Uh, when I when I first met you and when I met Plague, I'm like, ah, I don't know about this guy. Like, he doesn't seem that, like, I would like this guy, honestly. and I don't really – I mean, I love you both now, and I, you know, I have great friendships with you, but I do carry that in, and I think a lot of guys do that. So, I mean, what's the advice to the guy that is kind of – Going through those motions and not, you know, I guess coming to this level of vulnerability
2: that that you guys are coming with. My my initial thought, I'll I'll step in first just because it's, it's top of mind, was
3: sometimes the analogy. There's two analogies that ring true with this: um, the baby bird steps outside the nest and, and use that as a metaphor of like the young mind an unmature mind steps outside the nest and has to build its wings on the way down. Sometimes you don't know how to fly unless you overcorrect. Cause you just take one more step closer and closer and you don't actually get to the end. You have to overcorrect on that. And that same thought sometimes is you have to step into
2: the dark room and see if there's solid ground on the other side. That's it. And, um, and then the other part of this is, if you are sure of who you are,
3: and you know how to communicate fairly effectively, or at least on your own terms, you shouldn't shy away, because our time is our most valuable asset, right? I, I, everybody has to say, it's definitely finite. We all end this, end this session dead, right? So you, in my mind, don't be afraid to go ask strong questions right at the bat. Because if that person on the other side of that question can't answer that, there's an uncertainty there that either you can help them with, or you might not be a good fit to continue, continue a conversation. I mean, all the things that you and I have talked about on the golf course, I mean, the gamut of like deep and shallow, it's been awesome. And it's really cool. That's what golf provides. But, you know, when people are getting married, I was like, are you talking about the, the important things right off the bat? If not, why you continue the relationship? My best friend's one of this right now. I'm like, should we talk about? How you view spirituality and uh, something bigger than yourself. How you view and, and, and interpret money. How do you view relationships outside of uh, like in friendships? And how do you expect the other person's family to react or, you know, other circles of friends uh, and how you believe in the parent, your parent, your children, or do you want to even want them? And those like wickets are similar when you're meeting other people like, Hey man, how do you handle trend challenge? What's your biggest challenge right now?
2: Oh no, man. Life's good.
3: Bullshit. You know, cut the crap. I don't have time to waste on a relationship if you can't tell me what's going on in the world. You know I mean? Like, who's awesome about that? Is slow pitch, man. Slow pitch cuts right to the center of it. He just doesn't have time. He knows that he's gone through enough experience and BS himself where he's been the BSer. It's not even worth my energy anymore. And I love that. That's such a pure, pure, free space to be in. And I give any recommendation to anybody. We're closer to that and you're going to right
0: well said, man. I, I I don't think I would add anything other than I think we as a group need to be prepared to meet a guy wherever he's at. And a lot of it's timing. I think one of the most powerful things that I've done is working with Firewalker and the idea of like, what are your values? And most of us would say, well, I think I value like honesty and, and okay, what do those mean? What, what do you look like when you're living those out? And going through that, I think a lot of americans but but you know sticking to just men a lot of guys we've never thought through that and if if you don't know who you are if you're not self-aware and you don't have values that, that allow you to be consistent in your decision making I, I think it's really um it's really tough so something we could all do is just be more self-aware and figure out what do what do we really believe um so I, I love uh, your analogies there lpc i, I do want to get to um the subject of faith with you and just kind of what um your experience your your journey has been uh within that that third f and um you know i I don't know any any thoughts there
3: um so i would say uh, on structural faith uh, i'm a christian Uh, i was baptized a few i was brought up catholic and uh went away from the catholic church over time which was a big battle in itself for me um uh And eventually I got baptized. I was confirmed in the Catholic Church, but that's what they consider their baptism. Your baptism, whatever. I don't get into uh, the rigors of the Catholic Church, whatever. But uh, I was baptized at my other church in 2018,
2: 19. um, Accepted Christ as my Savior. And um, uh, the thing that came to my realization is uh,
3: my Christian faith is way less complicated than I make it and my relationship with my creator is way less complicated than I make it hence the contract of religion my faith and spirituality like are hand in hand and continually jockey of where I'm kind of like residing at that moment um, so a spirituality has a tendency to be like, in, in like oneness and, and, and clear thinking and thinking of something just bigger myself. Uh, but then the faith is blind, uh, in the sense that I know it's to a, 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 an almighty power and, and, and creator. I'm giving that power to somebody else. Um, and that's, a, and that's kind of a nuance or nebulous of that, that that's where I'm at with that. I don't read the Bible a lot it doesn't necessarily resonate with me and how it's written. So finding the right text to be able to grasp that is hard and I haven't done a great job of finding that. However, when I do hear messages, they do tend to resonate and if I can digest them, uh, I'm not super smart and intellectual, so uh, the uh, Arabic and Latin uh, transformations don't really reside heavily in my brain every day. So I need very plain speak, and uh, sometimes I'd be some of a mouth breather. So I need really dumb it down. Um, but uh, I just think uh, my faith journey
2: is just—I uh, think there's a freeing element in it for me. And there's no use for kindness unless you believe in something bigger. Selfishness is a self-serving
3: downward spiral. And I believe there's an opposite, there's a, there's an opposite to everything. So for as, however bad something is, there's an equal and uh, opposite uh, good. And you don't realize how vast that is, like the devil and Jesus. Those are complete opposites. Um, and so for how dark and dreary this world can be, there only has to be something so bright and, and joyful and, and graceful on the other side of that. And that's where that really came from a foundation, like
2: that's
0: there's just no other way it can be in my mind man i you know i really appreciate that i think some of the conversations we've had just about you know how do you lead your family right towards some you know spiritual guardrails or consistency and you know I, i think um i don't know i just i love your uh Just your approach um, is is phenomenal. Just being open to how, you know, a a power greater than ourselves would guide the discovery and growth in that area over time uh, is really cool. So thank you for that. What what would you say as far as, like, F3, I mean, you know, F3 Omaha, are we creating space for other guys to do that same exploration or any opportunities there that you would see?
2: I would say, I think... um... I think there's another level, and there's another level of potential for sure. And
3: that does not start in my mind from somebody in a structural leadership position. That is only a wildfire from a grass movements effort. So as individuals, I think we have to take it upon ourselves to go beyond what cafeteria is, go beyond making connections, it is a, it is a, it is a contact sport developing relationships. And you can only do that in proximity uh, and, um, and and, and uh, consistency and not shine away from having a conversation about it. You know, you're not trying to convert anybody. You just want to know where somebody's at with it and where the, what the relationship is with that. Um, there are, even for the people that you hear about in the circle of trust that you know aren't considered themselves Christians or even they would even
2: say they might be agnostic or atheist. I would challenge the fact that your actions So otherwise
3: and defend your position, you know, as, as long as you're willing to defend your position or have a conversation about it, that's where it would start.
2: But, Everybody that is at F3 on a consistent basis is going in a healthy direction. And I would encourage
3: anyone to go a step further in that direction and not just, you know, wait in the water, continue swimming. Because if it's done this much good this far, everything generally has a hockey stick effect. And you you might be just before that hockey stick effect where it's
2: a little unsure because you don't know who that person is on the other side of it, but you never know unless you do it.
0: Uh, Yeah, again, just, um, Pony and I have been talking about, we might start making people pay to listen to this podcast if the guys that we're interviewing are just full of wisdom and insight. And so I just, just, yeah, I'm still trying to think through that. Because it is, you're right, right? Like, if we try to design this program or or programatize um, this, it it doesn't work, right? Because it's got to be genuine, it's got to be authentic, and it's got to come from, like, a desire in every guy's heart to to get to know the guy next to him. Uh,
3: Right. Who, uh, well, one thing I really appreciate,
0: uh, play, and I think
3: you do a really good job of diffusing this right away. And I think, and I would consider it to maybe be somewhat of a coping mechanism, but also somewhat of living your truth as you talk about your addiction issues in the past, and you were right up front with it. Where if, if you weren't right up front with that, I think
2: people in my perception, if I didn't know that right away, I would have apprehension once I heard it down the road and that in itself is you're living your truth and you're
3: putting yourself out there right where you're at right and the only way people connect is through struggle and so that instantly recognizes somebody knows that you have already struggled which gives them an opportunity to connect with you
2: because
3: people when as soon as like somebody talks to somebody you're like Hey, man, just met you. How are you doing? I'm doing freaking great, man. How you, greatest day ever. And you're like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know. I talk to this guy. He has too much energy. He's too excited. And he's full of crap. However, you're like, man, I don't know. A rough day today. I actually just lost my job. And you're like, oh, man, how can I help? What? You want to connect through adversity. You don't want to connect through optimism. Optimism is a result. And, and success is a result of the struggle. So they don't come before the other. And uh, it's not a chicken or the ape. It is you must struggle in, or- in order to strive. And so that's how we connect to people. So if that's the way we connect. Well, and I think,
1: yeah, no, I, I, I think it kind of, I mean, vulnerability, whatever, faults, people struggles, whatever. It kind of humanizes people, right? Yeah. Especially strangers that, that, that you don't really know. So you're right. It's very difficult to, to get to know someone when um, they are, they're just cheerful all the time, right? There are guys out there, right? Samples may be one of the nicest, most friendliest guys you'll ever meet. And I don't know if he's ever had a bad day. I'm sure he does. Um, but he just is so positive. And, and so there are going to be those outliers. But you're right. When, when there are guys, it, it just it's so surface level, as we kind of talked about earlier, where, oh, yeah, things are going good. You know, work's good. Family's good. Whatever. Um, but then whenever you get the guys that are like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm working through this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it sucks. I don't know what to do um i've been having problems with my wife or at home whatever it is it creates this human element where we're like okay it kind of lowers them a little bit or, or like your perception of them we're like oh well he has problems just like i do and i can relate to maybe not everything but to going through the struggle i can certainly do that
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it fills in your
3: it fills in the gaps man like that's the that's the important trip of the brotherhood is like somebody's ever gone through this there's nothing new here guys there's nothing we're not reinventing anything we just need to be reminded of what gets us to the next step and that's love kindness grace passion uh consistency fortitude grit and those things don't waver those are always applicable you know
0: yeah something i i've noticed too is the more like when i tell somebody else my story or my struggle then it reminds me and then that creates some some humility there that you know because i can easily forget right i can I can easily fall back to this idea that my I have the best ideas, I'm the, you know, like uh, I'm as cool as pony, uh, you know, some of those lies that I tell myself. Um, I do want to, I am curious, um, LPC, and maybe a, a little bit different question for you, because I know you have a, a wealth of uh, just insight and, and knowledge, but would be curious if you if you have any any advice for guys in f3 maybe you know maybe it's the men it's packed the site cues um but then would also love to get like your maybe top three um book recommendations for for men um if you have if you can boil it down to three i know um
2: yeah um okay so advice i think There's very few instances in this world. Nowadays, we live in a world of comfort. So whatever
3: discomfort looks like, you got to do it. You got to do hard things daily, whether that be emotionally, socially, or physically, or mentally, or spiritually, they have to be, you have to go through those and they have to be done sometimes alone or, and sometimes with somebody else, but you have to do them because there's no, you know, there's no diamonds without pressure, man. Like that's, you have to have that pressure and there's that growth. And honestly, that pressure and stress is what creates the memory. That's what holds, that's the stickiness of it. If it was easy, it would be fleeting, right? So, um, you know, just a simple example, is it easier to remember the, the, the awesome sports game you went to for the free tickets? Or is it easier to remember like, hey, we didn't have tickets to go to the sports game. We went down there blindly, found a guy at the bar, all of a sudden we made friends, and it turns out he had amazing tickets. I was up in a box, and all of a sudden we just watched one of the greatest sports events of our lives, and we had to drive home. And I mean the memory is through the struggle. Okay. And we're about creating memories and experiences, and that's putting yourself out there in an uncomfortable position. So that's that's that would be the one piece of advice I'll give you, number one.
2: Um, and then um, the second the second thing would be checking the ego, man. There's gotta be an element of Fuck it. Let's go.
3: And that means, hey, I need to talk to somebody about my marital issues, uh, my addiction issues, my ego issues. Somebody else is struggling or has struggled with that very recently that you can learn from and that you can lean on. And whether that be for two weeks, a month, a year, 10, they're there, for, they're there for that purpose. They're there for that season and trust it. So, those are the two advice I give you guys in the, in, in the gloom and for them to share with any side clowns they know. Um, Because that's leadership in itself, man. I mean, that's that's one-on-one servant leadership in terms of just being there for somebody and willing to carry the scars and the shield about that of just your learned learned struggle, Um, challenges. Books. Um, John Eldridge writes a really great one. Everybody talks about Wild at Heart. Um, I think it's a little elementary. I think it's great insight. He wrote another one that I would recommend more fully
2: um, that I'm going to give you the name of. Um, Eldridge. Um, and another one that, um, let's see here. Oops. Um Let's see, I mean, uh, oh, I think uh, Extreme, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willis, exceptional.
3: Uh, and these are ones that have spoken to me, right? Where I was at. I read that book and I was a certain person at that point. So these things really resonated with me. Extreme Ownership is, 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 is awesome. Um, David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. I mean, listen to that guy, read the book. I might as well be listening to uh, uh, the Rocky soundtrack. And um, it was super powerful. So that's another good one. Um, the one I'm getting ready to read I'm really excited about uh, is um, uh, it's uh, Napoleon Hills, uh, Outwitting the Devil. I have not read that, uh, but I am exceptionally excited to read that. I got that recommended to me yesterday. Um, but the book that, by John Eldridge, which really allowed my relationship with other men to kind of foster uh, and, and grow, because you really can't grow past the people that you're around unless they're ahead of you. And that's why you have men that you surround yourself with that are behind and that's people who you want to be more like as well as people you want to lead to where you're at. And so that's why there's a direct group. Uh, and that goes exceptionally well with how you view your own father with respect relation to your father, as well as Jesus or your Christ or your creator. Uh, but John L. wrote a book called The Way of the Wild Heart. And that is a way more in-depth book than Wild at Heart. So I'd encourage anybody to not many people know about that. It was written about five years after a while at the heart, but really goes more in depth about how we think as a man. And maybe you give some explanation to what your relationships are with other men and uh, can give you a little bit more humility as well as hope that there's a tomorrow's another day. Sun is going to come up and I have another opportunity to try this.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I would, um, Thinking you were going to share the four agreements or uh, a book you oh. you recommended to me, strong father, strong daughters. Um, oh so I mean,
2: yeah, those two. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, so if, if you're looking for a book recommendation, this is your guy. I think. He, yeah, hmm. those two are exceptional too. Strong father, strong
3: daughter by John Eldridge, which is awesome. I have a, I've got two girls, so and that's all you know, all they'll have. So that's a big deal. Four agreements. If you're battling anything with uh, just. You know, wanting to be an idea of wanting to be liked or like your perception and you want to have a stronger backbone about just your own, your own self for agreements is exceptional. I mean, unparalleled, worth reading multiple times. I'm on my second time right now. A um, touch of goes sits by my bedside. It's, I just
2: refer, I just gave it to my wife to read uh, and uh, I'm excited I'm to hear about her experience with it, but it's, it's, it's instrumental. Well, you know, thank you for the for the advice um, and for the recommendations. I
1: I know I probably need to pick up one of those books. I haven't read a book since pre Lead, so <laughs> I'll add one of those to <laughs> to my list. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we ask guys for the recommendations and things where we like to kind of end or ask ask the interviewee, um, what can we be praying for you? What, what words of
2: encouragement are you looking for if we see you out in the gloom? Uh, Hey, LPC, how's this going? What are we looking at? Um, I would just say,
3: you know, I, back to my relationship with my M, I, was just always, I always appreciate you guys' um, sincerity about how, how are things with your M. Uh, even though that's the most important relationship of, of your life, um, it is also the one that is the most watering. It needs the most nurturing, needs the most attention. And if, and that is the whole, that is the whole of the ship, man. If that is not staying clean, sharp, inspected, ready, you can't go very far. And, um, so just pray for my heart. I guess that, uh, I can, you know, you want to
2: have that, that, uh, that openness to just be with them. So, yeah.
0: We are good. is
2: it. just something. That's just something I challenge with it's just selfishness and
1: that and that aspect of grace. So, yeah. Well, no, that's good. And and you know, playing actually kind of has a new question that uh, has gotten a mixed bag of responses. Uh, you know, I, the question is, you know, what what do you want your legacy to be? Um, and that can yeah. be with f three or it can just be you know your overall my whole life. Here's what I, I want out of my life and kind of curious what your position is there
3: okay simplicity of this
2: is um i want my daughter i can't talk about this very often because i get really choked up um i want my daughters to see a man who uh fights as passionately as he loves and two and my wife
3: to know that she has a Will companion at all times. I will not leave her side. I'll keep getting back up. So um, if somebody were to say, hey, I need Tyson Compton and uh, LBC in the gloom," the guy never gave up and and he never stopped. You know, never stopped wanting to bring people with him. So, you know, they're seeing that in me and always striving for the potential. Then I'm doing the right things because I don't want them to feel ever limited by their own Um, their own perceived restrictions and the only way they see that is through my actions and to the words I use and um, how I treat uh, their mother and um, I think it's just super important to have
2: that resiliency for whatever it is you love and believe and that they they see that in me. Man, you got
0: me uh, feeling that too. I Yeah, thank you for for sharing that. I I think what's cool to me is you know what that looks like, and and um, so you've thought about it. You've really thought through what's the driver, what's my why, what's my motive, um, and it's your family, which I which I think is is great. And I I can say from my experience with you, you you don't give up. You do make everybody around you better, um, and so I I just. Um, yeah, just to encourage you, man, you are uh, a great leader, and, and definitely have had a positive impact on on me as a as a man and as a person. So thank you for that. Um, awesome, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for just your time today. Let's do. We'll do a little name to wrap us up here. I'll yeah. start. Frankly um, Hardy, thirty six, the plague.
1: Plague. John Whitworth, thirty one, Pony Express. Pony.
0: <laughs> and I'm Tyson Compton, thirty seven, LPC. LPC and do boots. Did we did what you never told us what that means? LPC. Other
3: personnel carriers, it's a dumb army term, but I was in the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, I lo- love
1: thank you, man. This, thank this, you this, for your time, man.
3: Have a good one guys. Merry Christmas. I will see you. and hope to see you guys in the loop. Cheers.
1: You too, brother. See ya. Love you, brother.